Hey folks, in this interview, it's a discussion with Ghana-based photographer, Michael Aboya. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, I have the honor of sitting down with Michael Aboya. He's a, like I said in that little intro there, he's a Ghana-based photographer who's also dabbling in NFTs, arguably very successfully in NFTs. He has uh, managed to somehow secure the splash screen in Lightroom. So if you've launched Lightroom uh, in any time over the past couple of months, you've probably seen some of his work. Michael's agreed to come on the show with me to sort of talk through all that, talk about his origin story a little bit, what it's like shooting in and around Ghana, and you know NFTs, all that stuff. Michael Aboya, welcome to This Week in Photo. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having me, Johnson. Really appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's good to have you on. Let's let's dive yeah. in. Now, you and I you and I have talked before. We did another podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, for the light.art podcast that's out there. Um, great conversation and I've gotten a ton of feedback so I decided you know I gotta gotta put you in front of the this week in photo audience as well so so here we are so let's let's just start with a little bit of the origin story stuff your your work is outstanding um, definitely has a mood a very specific mood that's I think unique to you obviously you know you're the artist and this is your style tell us how you got into this world of photography and you know, what, what keeps you in it? What's the gravity that keeps you in the world of shooting? Um, <clears throat> my journey on photography um, started uh, very emotional. Uh, um, I had so much, um, I had love for photography, but uh, I was in school studying computer science because that's where my parents and some way, somehow myself thought I belonged. But somewhere in the background i was always taking pictures always recording i'm always the guy you you meet with a camera and a selfie stick taking pictures and all that but um in 2016 um my dad passed away through cancer and this happened right in front of me at the hospital and this was like a wake-up call to me everything that happened during the moment and made me ask several questions and um, one of them was what would do i want to use the rest of my life how do i want to spend the rest of my life do i want to do something that i really love and leave knowing that i i chased my dreams i found my my purpose and i worked to become a better version of myself and when i asked myself this question uh, i realized that i i i had limited time and definitely when you when anyone realizes they have limited time they want to spend that time doing something they love and that's photography and um that was my my start my my journey in photography so i stopped school and I used the little savings I had to get myself uh, my first camera and um, started shooting. My first image was uh, uh, of a leaf in a garden. And uh, I really didn't, I needed something deeper. I needed to feel something. I needed to find myself 
uh, also through photography. So I, I set off to photograph other people to find out what makes them who they are and hoping that through that, I would also find what makes me who I am. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And how's that journey going? And have you have you discovered, you know, as you sort of reveal other people's true selves and it you know peels an onion back on yourself? Have you what have you learned surprisingly about Michael Aboya that you didn't know before you started this journey? Um, I learned so, so much, uh, and it's always, it always has to do with like the little things. It's the little things, but it's actually the big things. And those things are always, uh, things right in front of us and true photography and uh, the beautiful people that I, I photograph and share their stories. I realized that the things right in front of you are the things that matter the most. And this uh, family, um, those you care about, love, and um, yourself also. And in currently in the world, is always trying and is trying and trying to make you someone else. And people are not happy to be themselves, and also constantly trying to also be like someone else. And through photography, this made me realize that that isn't the way. The way is to follow your own path, to chase your dreams, and to pay attention to what is right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And um, when you are no longer here, those things you pay attention to will some way, somehow have a voice and speak to you, speak for you when you are not here. And that's, I think, is the legacy you leave behind to the, the things you paid attention to the most. And how do you do that, though, Michael? When you, when you it's I mean, it's easy. It's easy to say, uh, you know, follow your true self and do that. But if you're a newer or a newish photographer and you're getting into the space and the the knee jerk reaction is to or the initial reaction is to follow people whose work you identify with and you know you know maybe not copy it but that's going to obviously be a really heavy influence onto your style of work so how do you separate being a clone of photographer a like someone follows you they love your work and they want to shoot like you so they're going to buy the gear that you have they're going to use lightroom they're going to do all the things that you're doing so that they can they feel like that may get or get them closer to being or to having work that's that's as admirable as yours but how do they fork off from that and be true to themselves while also being influenced by someone whose work they admire how do you you know what, what are your thoughts on that um first of all it's not easy it's not it's never an easy process it's, yeah. it's a journey of discovery and um one thing i always say is that everyone has that special thing in them that makes them feel alive that makes them come alive and you there's nothing wrong in gaining inspiration from um other uh, other creative that you admire and all that like for me for example i used to um look at the works of uh, joel robinson i don't know if you you know him mm -hmm. i i i, I like 
I really enjoyed like how he created a, a whole world from his imagination, something that never existed. I liked the works of uh, Lexonat. I, I enjoyed his storytelling and all that he says and, uh, and the emotions he evokes through his uh, photographs. And then when I come back and I think to myself, like looking at the amazing work these guys are doing, how do I transform that into something that I can call my own? And when I bring that storytelling from Lexonat and I bring world creation from Joel and I put that together, I, I realized that I also have stories that I want to, to, to share. I want to tell. I have worlds in my imaginations I want to create. And how do I do that is by learning, by, by going out there, uh, visiting, visiting new places, and gradually over time the more you keep doing it the more you gain this muscle memory or sp sp like it just it just flows flows like water going down a slope all because you've just opened up your heart and expressed a feeling of love towards what you do and that energy kind of like comes back to you and you find your own style your 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 way where it gets to a point where anytime you create an image people are like oh i know who that's from and uh, mm -hmm. they're able to uh, understand and be inspired by whatever you create but just as i said it's not an easy journey but um one thing i've realized is that when there's love for what you do um you're always willing to go through whatever it will take to find what your heart desires. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of those, you know, and I like to ask a lot of photographers, so what, as, you're, as photographers are walking that path and figuring out who they are, is it better to, I don't know, stick to one genre? You know, where if you feel like, you know what, I really like landscape photography, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to focus on landscapes and become, you know, I admire Ansel Adams or whomever, and I'm going to, I'm going to walk that path and not look at any other work from portrait photographers or macro or street or anything like that. You're just going to focus on landscape. Is it better to focus or is it better to be, at least in the beginning, a generalist and dabble in multiple genres what, what do you think is the right answer if there is a right answer to that um i i don't really i i don't know if i would say there's a right answer but one thing i can say is definitely you would find that one um field where where as i said before makes you feel alive but there's nothing wrong with like um trying other aspects in photography like shooting nature or landscapes wildlife but i i believe that when you try all those stuff you'll definitely find that one where you feel more alive when doing it and it, that's the part you would naturally stick to and always um, walk whenever you feel like creating um, a story it'll feel right right i think mean, that's the 
that's probably the takeaway. You try all these other genres and you're like, oh, this is great, but I'm not satisfied. And you find one that is yours. And yeah. it, like you said, it's like water running downhill is effortless. You know, yeah. um, one, of, one of the things we didn't talk about previously, I wanted to kind of bring into this interview was the idea or the the question. This This podcast tends to lean a little bit more uh, technical, not so much, but a little bit more technical. And as, and because of that, people want to know what you're shooting with, you know, what are you post-processing with all the nerdy photographer yep. type thing. So when you run out of the house to start a new project or work on an existing project, what camera are you bringing? What lenses do you bring with you? What's the, what's in Michael Aboya's ba camera bag right now? Um, so I, Earlier, I started with um, Canon T3, and I've been using that for I think over a year. And I got it got damaged when I was shooting by the um, seaside. I enjoy shooting by water, and mm -hmm. and I it got damaged. I tried fixing it and couldn't find a, a way to fix it. So I saved up and got myself a Sony A7, the original Sony A7. Nice. And also I, I got myself a 35 um, mm lens. And ever since I switched to Sony, I felt very, uh, I don't know what word to use, but I, f I don't feel so technical with the camera. I feel very free. Uh, it's almost like the camera doesn't get in my way when I'm, I'm working. So I get to focus more on what I'm working on. Um, then over time, I upgraded my camera to the Ace, uh, Sony A7R4. Um, reason being because I sell prints, so I needed to get like my works, the quality in larger formats. So I went for um, the Sony A7R4. I have a 70 to 200 G Master. I have a 107 Sigma and uh, one of my favorite 14 millimeter F 2.8 um, Rokinon, Rokinon lens. Yeah, 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 Rokinon. Yeah, I have a, I have one of those lenses. I have a fisheye Rokinon. I think it's like an eight millimeter, but it's for, yeah. uh, it's for a micro four thirds system. Um, oh. Really, really interesting. Yeah, I'm a... Uh, I tend to shoot Nikon these days, so we can still be friends, but I shoot, <laughs> I'm shooting, I'm shooting yeah. Nikon. <laughs> I won't hold the Canon thing against you, Sony. Um, you know, let's talk about the, the post-processing side of things. So when you're, you're out shooting, and there's, you know, generally speaking, there seems to be a couple of schools of thoughts when it comes to post-processing. Some purists will say, you know, as little post-processing as possible. It should be like you're shooting slide film back in the old days, right? You're not really changing anything. You get it right in camera, no cropping, no filters, no sky replacement, none of that stuff. It should be get it right in the raw file. And then there's another school of thought that is I'm just capturing the raw materials of something that will be produced later as a work of art. And, you know, in, in terms of compositing or just bringing out the nuances of the photo using Lightroom or Capture One or something like that. Where do you fall in there? Is it you're a purist, <laughs> got to get it right in the camera, or I'm just shooting bits of a final piece that will be assembled at some later point in time? Um, 
I think it's a mix-up of the two, uh, a purist to get it right in camera, but then also having it at the back of my mind, that the feeling, the mood, and the emotions that I need in that image is not yet complete, and that would be completed for me in posts. And uh, the reason why I say that is because the world in my imagination is quite different from the world out here. And because I'm more of a natural light shooter, I'm, I don't have so much control over my n environment. Sometimes it can be too bright and too uh, dark and stuff like that. And because of that, post-production basically helps me complete that mood and bring it exactly or closer to the way I had envisioned, envisioned it. So basically, I would say getting it right in camera very important mm -hmm. but finishing the story is is where post-production comes in it's like having a complete body of work that has emotions in color um, emotions in the mood the lightning and everything that you need to have a complete story and have an effect on the people you're trying to have them view your your image yeah really good well said yeah and it's uh in the end right it's all about the image so who cares <laughs> unless you're another photographer or content creator the people that are viewing your image aren't going to care the process that you use whether you're a purist or a digital manipulator yeah. it's the end result and the story and the emotion like you said that that comes out that they care about who cares what camera or software you're using to get there as long as you get there right yeah um or do you tend to work more project based or more serendipity based? Like, do you go out specifically to capture a certain set of photos or do you just head to like a body of water and be inspired and struck with creativity or serendipity while you're while you're there? Which which flow or is it a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both, but I, I, I tend to lean more to project based where I creates like themes for myself. So most of the time I'm self-funding my, my shoots. So I create like a, a, a project and say, okay, this month of August, I'm going to work on projects and I title it happiness. And I just basically travel around my country or wherever I found, find myself. And I visit communities, become, have a bonding relationship with them. And then they give me an expression of happiness and there i'm able to capture and for me i feel that works best for me and it makes me more organized when creating in order to not have so many errors and and also gives me some kind of control over um, the, whatever i'm working on mm -hmm. yeah you gotta have a map if you want to get to some place right or or some kind yeah. of some kind of structure so so traveling around your country ghana what's it like what's it you know what's a day in the life when you're when you're in obviously you're not shooting every day i imagine but when you're out and you're in michael aboya as photographer mode what's it like shooting in in ghana you know is it you, or I, I can imagine you just aim your camera anywhere and get a great shot but like what, what is it like take the people that may have not been in the country into the country what, what's it like on a day-to-day -day basis as a photographer um, it's, it can be different depending on where you are. 
uh, in the city, for example, you can't really like just raise up your camera and start shooting. Um, people would stop you, question you, you your, your camera can sometimes get seized or <laughs> yeah, or um, uh, people get scared because there's this uh, superstition belief around like people taking their pictures and going to use it for something spiritual. So like people don't, just don't want a stranger photographing them at all. Um, but there are other parts in the country where if you go, people are just like happy. No one is, there's no conflict between like superstition or he's a stranger. Like you're just, people are happy to have you in and they just express a certain emotion that makes you feel safe and you feel like documenting them before leaving. And, uh, there are places where it takes time, where you just have to like um, create a community first and get to know the people, and the people get to know you, and uh, um, and then you're free to to capture and share their story. But it's been amazing for me, and I'm actually looking forward to more places that I haven't been to in my country yet. I feel like there's so much more. And I'm always like searching and always looking forward to uh, visiting these places. And it's always fun. Like when I, so I'm, I'm working on this thing this year where I, I title Finding Balance. And it's basically me, but divided in two, where half of myself is focusing on what matters the most. And half of myself is also focusing on finding me. And finding me is the part of photography. So when I switch over to that part, it becomes like a whole adventure. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know what I'm going to get. Although I have a plan, I have a theme. I don't know what the people are like. I don't know what I'm going to get. And I just go in blind. And at the end of the day, I come at top. I'm very happy with so much that I have learned and uh, it gives me inspiration and um, more curiosity to see what comes next. I love that. But yeah. And that's the thing, right? I mean, it's I think one of the, one of the traits that creatives and, you know, photographers, I, I think in this context have is that innate curiosity. And whether it be about the art of photography and getting better as a photographer, so you understand more about light and the technicalities of your camera and the capabilities and the post-processing tools and all that, but it, or your like your country as well, right? I just want to explore this country and and photograph the different nuances and places that I haven't seen. But curiosity seems to be that common denominator that I hear from a lot of creators. Uh, before, yeah. we move on, before we move on to the next thing, I have a couple things before we close this. You mentioned that there's this danger of your camera being seized. <laughs> like, why? Like, why? Under what circumstances would your camera be seized while you're out innocently shooting oh. on the streets of Ghana somewhere? I, I guess maybe it's the same for every place. Maybe you raise up your camera and you shoot, you photograph the wrong person. And maybe that person is like a high member of society or something. Well, it happens a lot over here. 
and it's either they come over and set your camera uh, or they 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 just take it from you <laughs> wow. and uh yeah so i do see videos on youtube where people in the u.s like they just walk and start taking pictures and um i I'm like i wonder what's that what that's like because you really can't do that over here and unless you have like one of those zoom cameras and you're standing somewhere far and you just shoot but when you're up close it doesn't it doesn't really work over here so now so so street photography is a challenge then i guess unless you have a really long <laughs> lens and and what happens if you're some you know some foreigner that shows up or a tourist that shows up and i'm just gonna go take pictures everywhere i go you know and build what happens to them do they get a pass because they're ignorant you know the ignorant tourist that doesn't know better or will they get their gear seized um i think sometimes they, they do get a pass but uh you might get a case where you have your camera searched and if you have a photograph of whoever they don't want you having a photograph of they just actually delete mm. but um in certain periods maybe like festivals or, or street festival or something i think with that you everyone is free to take pictures you just walk around take pictures of uh, activities going on and um, there's one actually coming on um, soon is the chalewote festival but uh but aside festivals i really <laughs> as a photographer i have never like had it had my way free like just walking around and taking pictures of people it doesn't work for me well, <laughs> well i yeah. mean it doesn't work because just of your personality or because of just restrictions and cultural restrictions Restric in restrictions um, um also superstition Mm -hmm. and stuff like that people just don't want um like other people they don't know photographing but if you them. if michael aboya went to say los angeles or new york city and you brought your gear and you decide i'm going to go out and document document my journey here you know would you do it or would you be like oh i don't know if i can do this or not because where i'm from this is frowned upon but i hear you can do it here without being bothered would you do it in new york if you had the chance um first of all I'll ask questions i'll ask like questions from you of course like um johnson can i can i take pictures on the streets would would what would i need like some kind of pass or some kind of identification or something but if you say yeah it's cool i can go ahead and take pictures obviously yeah i would i would definitely want to document like my journey in new york and and all that and i think that's something that can happen here too but i think it'll be really it'll be really hard and difficult to to do to do that yeah. unless you have the funds and money to kind of like get yourself like a security maybe a police is working <laughs> with you or something yeah. Or just go with a crowd, yeah. you know, with a, <laughs> at least one person or ideally exactly. a couple of people that are out shooting together. You know, you'd, yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd get it really quickly. Um, before we wrap up here, I know you, you've you been, like we mentioned light.art in the, in the beginning of this episode, but you, I know you're involved in the whole NFT space and doing quite well in there. Can you give us a little glimpse into your journey in 
NFTs and how that's going for you? Um, so my journey started a little bit uh, like a roller coaster because I was, I was confused at first. I didn't really know what was happening, but I did my research and um, fortunately I, I was introduced to it and ex I got more education from it from one of my fellow ambassadors. Um, he's called uh, Omar mm -hmm. and uh, he talked me through and explained everything to me and I was really interested and he asked me to try out lights at and I submitted some of my works and thankfully I got chosen and became a light artist and I had three of my collections in, in light art and they all sold out and I was really quite surprised as to how fast it sold out I think I I refreshed the page I stood up went into the kitchen to just I think grab water or something I came <laughs> back refreshed again and everything was out and I'm like whoa wait is this an error or something <laughs> but it was really ex <laughs> it was really exciting and it's really exciting really interesting to just see how the world is evolving and how um, creators like ourselves can also um, earn a living because although we have passion for what we do and we love what we do we need funds to keep uh, manifesting that uh, vision and ideas so uh, to be able to do that through nfts is a, a blessing to creators around the world absolutely absolutely yeah i know because we as we as humans tend to be addicted to food and shelter right so anything that lets us drive revenue yeah. in order to make sure those those needs are satisfied yeah. is good yeah and to do it what you know to be doing something you love while being paid or compensated for it is is magic right it, it kind of comes together using something as new as nfts in the in the crypto space um yeah. i guess the, the last question i have for you is what's next what's next for michael aboya what are you working on what's what what keeps you what got you excited right now creatively um i, I think basically still the same journey of finding myself uh, just as i said i don't know i have no idea what comes next and I have no control over what I would be creating or how it will look like. But then I do have like my plans and I have like some ideas and have my vision all put together. And this gives me excitement and a sense of adventure uh, for the path ahead. So I keep following that and, and uh, hopefully also have like NFT collections of my own um with lights uh, or or other drops on uh, foundation or open seas it's so much to to look forward to also exhibitions in the future um but i i if you follow me you would uh, see all those um interesting interesting stories that i'm finding it difficult to express 
you you definitely um, find that and see that and i guess you understand why i found it difficult to <laughs> express them now <laughs> yeah no it's good it's good that's why i use a camera well my yeah. God, thank you thank you for coming on so for for people that want to follow you and and get in contact with you online what's the what's the best place for them to go to reach out and say hello um my instagram um aboya dot eight a b o y a dot eight or um my website ww dot eight dot com and then twitter to follow my nft journey okay excellent all right perfect and i'll list all those in the the show notes for this episode and in the the youtube description and all that so i would encourage folks to definitely reach out and say hello and i'll be following thank thank you uh thanks for coming on michael <laughs> i appreciate you doing this it's uh you know, it's a, it's a pleasure to chat with you and kind of visit with you in, in, at this stage of your career because I have a feeling, you know, you're going to look back on this interview and like, oh, wow, I was I was so new back then. Right. And look <laughs> at me, you know, <laughs> as you enjoy your successes, you know, going forward. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. This is Twitter.